God Hears Her. God Hears Her. God Hears Her is brought to you. Is brought to you. By our Daily Bread Ministries. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Or find us on social for more information. Up to that point, I was making choices that were out of my lack of value because of my lack of finance. So I was making really destructive choices. And kind of because you saw yourself as a loser. Worthless. Yeah, I felt like a loser. Sometimes I think that we can be out of control, but we think we are in control. Um, So when that happened, I felt it was like conviction met with this like God running towards me to just love me and hug me despite my choices up to this point. And then affirming me that he's in it with me and I just you know I wondered could I start to believe that God will provide enough you're listening to God Hears Her a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you he sees you and he loves you because you are his find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her welcome to God Hears Her I'm Erin Eddy and I'm Elisa Morgan Talking about finances can be so awkward, but the truth is many adults and often even children can face the stress and anxiety that come along with financial instability. And there are many speakers and influencers who strive to guide and teach us how to avoid debt. But what happens when we have to learn the hard way? Whether that's from an unexpected divorce or huge college debt, or maybe some difficult business choices, What are we supposed to do when we're surrounded by financial insecurity? In today's conversation, Elisa and I get real about our own lives in times when we have felt the shame and trauma that accompanied our own circumstances and choices. We will also chat about the steps that we have taken to overcome the shame financial struggles cause, and also how we learn to hear God amidst our own financial messes. We hope this is helpful and encouraging for you, too. I wish sure do. So here's our conversation about what we're calling financial trauma on God Hears Her. I had made too many entrepreneurial risks. I had made too many poor choices that led to me spending a lot of money mm. in places that I thought there'd be a return, and then in places that were just a big hole. Mm. Um It basically left me with a massive, just a massive amount of debt. And by that, I mean well over $60,000 in debt for me. Wow, Erin, man. And you're not that old, so you must have been really young trying to cope with this too. Like it was was choices that I Mm -hmm. had made that I could Mm. have prevented or some circumstances that I couldn't control that happened. And so it was the combination of like choices I made and then choices I couldn't control all sitting in the same pot. Mm. And debt collectors did not care. No, they don't. Which pot Mm -hmm. it was. They did not care. Mm. I remember the anxiety of seeing an unknown number on my phone, knowing it was a debt collector calling me to ask me to make payments on something I had zero money for. Wow. And I felt like I was just never going to get out of this hole. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I mean, I went through a time where I was really just even denying my reality of what my finances were because Mm -hmm. it was just 
overwhelming. And you just want to forget it. You want to stick your head under your pillow and just sleep it away or something, right? Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I just wanted to go to sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then put it under my pillow. Yeah. yeah. Forget about wow. it. Okay. So imagine me. I'm back home living with my parents and I go to a coffee shop and I'm doing some work there and I had gotten an egg sandwich and a vanilla latte with coconut milk. I remember this so well. I remember this memory so well. (laughs) And I probably should not have even been there because my debit card for sure had, I think, $13 on it. Wow. That's how much in denial I was about my reality. I'm sitting there and I'm actually working on a spreadsheet that has all of my credit card debt on it. So I had multiple credit cards, all my debt, how much I owe, how much I can pay, how much I make a living. I had made this spreadsheet. And while I was like, you know, responsible enough to make that, I wasn't walking into it. So like I wasn't actually abiding by it, but I was staring at it at this coffee shop. And I just remember sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to like get out of this? How am I going to get out of this hole? How am I going to get out of this mess that I am in? How am I going to pay for things? Um, My finances have come to a halt. Uh, There seems to be no way out. It feels like crushing. Everybody needs something from me. How am I going to get out of this? And I remember the waitress coming by and she puts the bill of my egg sandwich and my coffee on the table. And I just cringe. I'm just like, oh, like, why am I even here? There's just like a compilation, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I pick up the bill and the bill said, uh, paid. Hmm? Paid? Paid. Whoa. Have a blessed day. <gasps> and I look at it and I'm like, I didn't pay this. And so, you know, she comes by and I, and I share with her. I'm like, ma'am, excuse me, I, I haven't paid this yet. And she goes, oh, I know. Someone hmm. else did. Oh, goodness. And you're looking around going, who? Like, who paid this? Uh-huh. Like, there was nobody around. There oh was my. nobody around. And I just remember crying. Oh. I just remember oh. crying mm-hmm. and just so grateful for that relief. And it didn't change my circumstances, mm-hmm. but it gave me a sense of feeling seen mm-hmm. um, and and feeling a, a level of relief. So there's an enormous debt Right, staring you in the face or tucked under your pillow, <laughs> depending on your yeah, mood right. in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And you've still got $13 <laughs> on your debit card and that's it. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a way, somebody paying for your egg sandwich and your coconut milk and your coffee is like big deal. It's not going to change the scales of debt and payment. But you, in that moment, sensed God seeing you, mm-hmm. sensed God hearing you, being with you, knowing you, noticing your situation, and it lifted you out of this impossible. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. Mm. But it didn't change it in that moment. So Aaron, let's talk about what emotions happen to us mm. when we're in a financial pickle. I mean, that's like the Mm. state fair of all pickles that you have described. You know, that is a huge conundrum is is a fancy word for it. How did you feel in that? You're single, I'm taking it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're young. You're unemployed. Right. You have health insurance? No health insurance. You're living with your parents Mm -hmm. and you're beyond the age that that's kind of quote normal. And definitely not cool. (laughs) <laughs> not cool. Definitely not cool. Yeah. I was in a side room with a half bath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
so you couldn't take, <laughs> take a, shower. a shower outside <laughs> i'm just kidding but it was a half bath um <laughs> oh aaron aaron uh but you know it was interesting because i truly was i was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. beyond and i placed my value in finances before this happened then i realized that once i was at this place so what I realized going through all of this in this rock bottom financial state where I'm worth negative, you know, over 60 grand. Um, looking back now, I can see I saw my relationship with the Lord with how much money he provided and I put my value in how much money I made. So how much money he provided was a reflection of his care for me hmm. and how much, you know, money I was making gave me value in the room being with other people. Okay, those are helpful definitions, yeah. It took me having zero or negative for me to see that. And then I felt embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And then I felt confused. Mm-hmm. And in any circumstance that we go through where we're just completely exposed, right? Like there's really just no way out. You just have to you have to put it to the light. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's yeah. no no way you have to be realistic with it. And then you wonder, is God gonna get me out of this if I got myself into this? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And, you know, I, I, I really want to hear how you got out of it because that's super practical. But, you know, we're not Dave Ramsey and, you know, we, we're, right. we're not going to be a financial peace university thing right here. But we will come to that, I hope, because I want to hear where you are now. But but I really want to hear again, Aaron, these emotions you're describing because I, I relate to them. The shame, mm. the disappointment, the devaluing of our beings, the labels we slap on ourselves, the the way we think other people see us, and then the responsibility that it's difficult to get out from under. We think, well, I got myself into this. How would God possibly care to get me out of this? I, I haven't been in exactly that situation. Thank God, it certainly could be. But I grew up in a world of deficit. Mm. Um, My parents divorced when I was five. And y'all, I mean, in the 60s, late, late 50s, people didn't get divorced. And if they did, the woman was incredibly exposed financially. She still is Mm -hmm. today. But my mom had not worked for some years and was suddenly responsible for us financially, although my dad did pay some support, which was, I don't think we could have lived. But I remember we lived in a neighborhood where that was not the norm. I think we were the Mm -hmm. only single mom family for blocks and blocks. I'm serious. And I finally met one other friend who had a a single mom and her mom was a full-time career woman. Now I can remember a lot of times we didn't have quite enough to make the the bills. And I remember we did without a lot of things at Christmas. My mom would like get my sister and I like a a new nightgown and hang it on a hanger Mm -hmm. in our family room. Like she would take down the pictures and put it on the picture hook, just kind of make it look splashy, like a department store. So it was like one thing she got us, you know, for like, for like $4.99. And and that was the thing. So I though felt this kind of shame and it it wasn't my fault, so to speak. I was just a kid, but I Mm. felt embarrassed if people came to our house and our couch had like frayed um, arms because our cat had clawed there and we didn't have the money to to fix it and the stuffing's coming out. I mean, little things like that. We carry around this this incredible shame about our financial trauma, whether it's been our choice or it's happened to us. And I think a lot of women especially, we can feel really helpless about that. And you know, okay, there are a lot of women 
who are married and their husband really isn't on board with dealing with the finances. Mm -hmm. Money can be a power thing in marriage. It is a power thing in marriage. And whoever's the the, the main breadwinner can control everything. Or whoever Mm -hmm. is better with math, so to speak, can control everything. And the reality is is that marriage is a partnership. And and we have to learn to ask for what we need. Um, Can we decide as a family? Can I have, even if I'm at home and that's my primary job right now, can we agree that I will be in charge of this amount of money? And then if that happens, or if you already are in charge or you're already working, can we as women make these kinds of decisions that, Erin, you've talked about, okay, I'm not going to spend stupidly. I'm going to model a kind of budgeting. I'm going to show how to to make a dinner mm-hmm. for four off of five bucks. You know, I'm going to put away five bucks a week so that when it comes to the weekend, I can say, let's go buy a coffee to share or whatever. I'm going to take my own steps. Mm, that's so good. And then sometimes too, that same woman may need to look in the mirror like you did, Aaron, and go, oops, you know, how am I contributing here? What might I need to do differently? Because I think he really does want to make a change, or he's been asking me to make a change, and I've been digging in my heels. Yeah. Okay, but back to the back to the trauma. You know, we, we've talked about shame, and, and we've talked about just how we define ourselves and how we feel absolutely without value. I think there are other mm-hmm. parts of trauma that hit us financially, like I think about where the heck am I going to live? <laughs> you know, right. What happens? Security. Security. Yes. For me, it was, thank goodness I had my parents. But there are some people that I'm sure that are listening right now that are like, I don't have my parents. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have a place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm couch surfing right now, mm-hmm. you know, or, or I'm living in my car or I'm going to be living in my car. And I've got two kids. My pastor, Robert, talks about how he grew up. He was raised by his grandmother and almost every month they had to move because she couldn't pay the rent and his mm. stomach would be in a knot. He'd come home and he'd see all of their valuables, which were not very many in garbage bags. And she'd get into the car and they would drive around for hours looking for a for rent sign until she finally mm. found one and talked the person into letting them move in. And then they would pay the next month. And she tried her best, but living under that trauma, that does something to our, our hearts and our souls in, in terms of security, like what you're saying. And maybe we don't have parents. Maybe our parents are not safe. Maybe our parents are in our, right. the same boat. Maybe our parents just aren't able to help us. Oh, my goodness. That is incredibly difficult and painful. There are resources we can go to. We can go to churches. We can go to various um, shelters. There are resources. But I think to really focus in on how that feels as a woman, as a person, as an adult who we think we should be able to provide and we can't, we have a whole different kind of fear and not enoughness hit us at the core. Yeah. Yeah. And when we come back, we will discuss some practical ways we've found to help us cope with financially straining circumstances. We'll also address ways in which God continues to show up even when we feel stuck and may just want to hide our heads under the covers instead of deal with our financial mess. That's coming up on God Hears Her. Thanks for listening to this God Hears Her podcast. Erin and I love sharing this space with you. And you know what? We want to invite you to become an even bigger part of our God Hears Her community. 
to sign up for our weekly email newsletter. We'll keep you updated on new podcasts, encouraging blog posts, exciting new products, so much. Just go to godhearsher.org and sign up today. That's godhearsher.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to God Hears Her. I'm Erin Eddy. And I'm Elisa Morgan. And in just a moment, we're going to consider some additional ways in which we can cope with the emotions that we experience while in the midst of money issues, including what it looks like to seek freedom from financial stress and to actually celebrate with God as He guides us out of our mess. But first, just a quick reminder that the show notes are available in the podcast description. The show notes not only contain the talking points for today's episode, but they also include a link to a free resource. It's an e-booklet titled Cultivating a Heart of Contentment. This free download can help us understand what it looks like and feels like to actually be content, even when surrounded by society's expectations and a culture of consumerism. So just click on the link in the podcast description or visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Now, back to our conversation on financial trauma. Let's begin by considering ways God shows up for us in financial struggle, along with coping mechanisms that can help us navigate through the emotions we often feel in those difficult times. This is God Hears Her. Talk about how how you coped with it. You know, what did you do with those emotions? And and how did God show up for you? Mm. This, this beautiful story of somebody paying for your egg sandwich and your, your coconut coffee, you know, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, how did that mm. action, that moment yeah. convince you of something different about who you are? Mm. It was so convicting to me because up to that point, I was making choices that were out of my lack of value because of my lack of finance. So I was making really destructive choices. and Kind of because you saw yourself as a loser? Worthless. Yeah, I felt like a loser. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think that we can be out of control, but we think we are in control. Um, So when that happened, I felt it was like conviction met with this like, God running towards me to just love me and hug me despite my choices up to this point. And then affirming me that he's in it with me. And I just, you know, I wondered, could I start to believe that God will provide enough and that he is enough when I don't have enough to pay for my bills? So it started with somebody paying a a a diner bill, but yeah. it also started with you raising your head, mm-hmm. you know, taking your your stuff out from underneath the pillow yes. <laughs> where you just wanted to go to sleep and raising your head and facing it and and facing the lie that you're worthless mm-hmm. and instead seeing mm-hmm. if if there would be some moment where God's saying otherwise about you, just a simple moment when somebody yeah. reached out and took care of a bill for you, then this must be a larger truth for you to hold on to. I felt like God was showing me that he wanted an invitation to be brought into my financial circumstance. And so I started letting him in on my circumstances. And my financial relief did not come in the way that 
I expected it to. Like I was expecting like these giant checks to come in or a huge project or I get it. I like that. You know, like like it's like, all right, Lord, sweep me Mm -hmm. off my feet and deliver me from Mm -hmm. this quickly. Like I thought Mm -hmm. that that was going to be my path and it wasn't. And so then I was disappointed and sad because I'm like, you see me in this. Why won't you bring me out of this so quickly? Why do I have to chisel at this like okay I know I messed up like now fix it you know like like mm-hmm, trust mm-hmm. me with bigger things now and so what are some concrete things that that you did Erin some of the concrete things I did well I looked in the mirror and I said all right how are you living how much are you going out what are you buying do I really need the fancy multi-surface counter spray for my kitchen you know like <laughs> I cut corners everywhere. I shopped at the Dollar Tree. That was the place that I went. This is not a sponsored ad for Dollar Tree. (laughs) I bought my toilet paper, my paper towels. I had a budget for my food. I ate very simple. So you made a budget and you were really strict with yourself looking in the mirror, as you said, and being honest about, I don't need this stuff. What I need is to be free. I wanted freedom more than I wanted things. And that's where I had to get to. I wanted freedom out of this more than I wanted the things in front of me that were instant. And, you know, of course I took the, like you said, we're not Dave Ramsey. Um, but I took steps towards uh, different books that you can read and podcasts that you can listen to that can help that are professionals that navigated me through out of that path. Again, okay. like I am <laughs> by no means a professional at finance. I, I feel like if anything, I'm a professional at struggling with finance. Um <laughs> However, I'm so grateful to um, be equipped, you know, with the proper tools that I need in order to understand my budget and how to spend and how to invest and how to kill debt. And one thing that I loved that I learned from Dave Ramsey, and, and it was don't do anything, don't buy anything to feed your comfort. I could have depended on a lot of people and floated in this comfort space, you know, with my parents or with friends. But it was me leaning into the discomfort that allowed me to lean into God, who was the only comforter and the only one truly that brought me out of it and also sharpened my character in the process. And I think that's what's so important is, you know, being equipped, but then also not going to the things that will feed us instantly when we feel really uncomfortable. That's part of the discipline of change, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a both and, and, and to be practical for a few minutes you did seek debt consolidation help. Mm-hmm. You did look towards how do I begin the process of paying off in a committed, deliberate, monthly way? Yeah. How do I prioritize the financial debt before me? How do I look at taking care of income yeah. for myself? Right? Yeah. Some of those things. But, but what I think you're really hitting on, Erin, that I think is so helpful for me and for everybody else is to not just forget about the inner working, the spirit working, the emotional working, the human working of what's going on inside us while we're taking those concrete steps out of financial trauma. We have to do that same kind of work intentionally about the emotions we're feeling, the 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 definitions we're assigning to ourselves, um, the intentional relationship with Jesus through this process yeah, as well. Exactly. Gosh, yes. I mean, it's what is the story I'm telling myself as I'm getting out of this? The story I'm telling myself. Am I telling myself? Well, if you wouldn't have, 
or if only you could have or you should have you know if you if you got this then you would be more of like what is that mm-hmm. like I would fill in that blank what is the story I'm telling myself in this time and what what is the story I'm telling myself with God being in it or not in it and did you journal that did you go to counseling for that were you in a small group for that yeah. um, I let in a few people that were really close with me walking me through it and helping me with the shame of of it all and um I just remember one of my dearest friends that I could just share what I was going through with all of this and she watched she watched the journey and she watched it wear on me and then she watched me experience relief and and be in you know walk into a new season of financial relief and so we celebrated the Lord's blessings and just the way that he brought me through it and I think we need to celebrate and that was yeah. that was like instead of me resorting to like man that was awful. That was a pastime. I'm, you know, ashamed. Like, I'm not going to live in that anymore. I'm going to celebrate now. And I just remember paying off my Discover card to just close that, like, chapter, <laughs> you know, of my life and going, Lord, I'm just so grateful for for you bringing me out of this. And you are who you say you are. That's beautiful. I'm actually hearing some kind of concrete steps, which might be surprising because we're really focusing on the emotional side of financial trauma rather than the the concrete side, uh, although you did do that. Yeah. Um, but but you, you said, you know, you were aware of the lies. You began to pay attention to the lies mm-hmm. that you were telling yourself about your value. Yeah. You began to watch for God yeah. to work, and you sensed that he was actually asking you to invite him in and lay down your mm-hmm. control over the situation. And then the, you got the concrete help of how to pay off my debt so I don't have to live this way anymore yeah. and continue to do the emotional work. And then when you had success, even in small steps, this wasn't 60000 this was 8000 but you celebrated it. Yeah. And, and you, you thank God in it. And yeah. there's almost an act of worship and participation. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Today, where are you, Erin, with mm. it all? Oh, man. So I'm almost out of debt completely. And how many years has this been? So probably for about seven years, I carried debt. But it wasn't until four years ago that I started to get really serious. And by serious, mm. I mean lockdown. Let's pay this off and let me never, ever, ever live in debt ever again if I can <laughs> make that happen <laughs> I'm just so, I'm so grateful uh to be on the other side it's like so tiny now mm-hmm. it's so tiny <laughs> so I'm almost there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah close. you know some of us may still be carrying a ton of debt and have been working at it for more than three years <laughs> many many much more than three years and even in that situation your story mm is so powerful and encouraging. And, and you know, just for a second, I want to highlight too, your step towards freedom here from this financial trauma began when somehow someone paid a small bill for you. And I want to pause for a second on that action. I remember standing in line at a grocery store and there was a mom in front of me with a toddler. Clearly, she just picked up that baby from daycare and she was disheveled and her baby was needy. And it was just, you know, like the arsenic hour, we call it, you know, five at night. And it's just so hard. And she had this tray of cupcakes. She had some birthday cards. She was had some balloons. I could tell she was going to look like she was having a party. And she mm-hmm. put those things through and the checker said, okay, that'll be whatever amount. And her face mm-hmm. fell. 
And she said, well, I guess I need to put the balloons back. These are for Grandpa's birthday. And I watched this woman in front of me slid her card into the reader and took care of the expense like that. And I was, whoa. Mm. And so I guess I just want to say, you know, we go from all sides of this, from me with a divorced mom going, you know, I get a nightgown for Christmas and you with the the debt over your mind living in your parents, quote, basement. You know, we, we are all been there. And maybe also as we begin to make our way out of it or we respond to God's invitation, maybe we respond to maybe we can be a part of somebody else hearing his invitation, somebody else understanding that he does see and he doesn't define as loser, valueless, that maybe we can be a part of how. I love that, Elisa. You touch on something that is so important because finances is a hidden thing. We don't know people's finances when we walk around. We know what people look like. We know what they're wearing, but we don't know truly what their bank account looks like and what their relationship is like with money and what their relationship was like with the Lord. But the Lord can use us. He can use us to be instruments of his love and his grace and his generosity. And I think we all have an opportunity to do that. You're listening to God Hears Her. And before we close out today's episode, just a quick reminder that the show notes are available in the podcast description. The show notes not only contain the talking points for today's episode, but also include a link to a free resource. It's an e-booklet titled, Cultivating a Heart of Contentment. This free download can help us understand what it looks and feels like to be content even when surrounded by society's expectations and a culture of consumerism. So just click on the link in the podcast description or visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Not only will you find a link to this free digital download, but the show notes also contain a link to sign up for the God Hears Her newsletter, featuring helpful articles and stories from women just like you who are discovering what it means to be seen and heard by God. And you can also find links to connect with Elisa and I on social. We'd love to hear how this show has impacted you and even answer any questions that you might have after listening. So again, you can find these links in the show notes or by visiting our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, dear ones, God hears you. He sees you and he loves you because you are his. Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Mary Jo Clark and Daniel Ryan Day. And today, we also want to recognize Kathy and Jody for their help in creating and promoting the God Hears Her podcast. Thank you both. God Hears Her is a production of Our Daily Bread Ministries.